guys? Amen. How many are happy this morning? Amen. Without waste of time, let us go to reading the Bible. It's first Peter. Apologies. First Peter chapter two. From verse one. If you found it, you can say Amen. It says from verse 1, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. To whom coming as unto a living stone, this to all men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, and a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious. He that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Hallelujah. If I can jump to verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that he should show forth the praises of him who, who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. We are a royal priesthood. We are a chosen generation. We are a peculiar people. Amen. As we go to the book of Romans. Twelve of verse two. Romans two, verse two. Amen. It reads in this manner: If found, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your spirit, that ye may prove what is 
that, that he may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Maybe the last one, James 1. James is just immediately before First Peter. That's just verse 26. There's only just chapter 1, 26 and 27. If any man among you seem to be religious and brittle, not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is to visit the and wisdom, window, widow. It's just something that is distracting me about the speaker. I don't know whether the brothers are away. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is and widow Let's Father, we are very much thankful this morning. We have read the scriptures as people we can do that, but we need you to bring down your divine inspiration so that we can get the, the gist of the scriptures as to the reason why you put them there. I believe every scripture has got a purpose. That is why a poet says every verse and every chapter in the Bible is mine. You be gracious this morning, dear God. May you come and provide leadership and guidance as we'll be delving into the scriptures, O God. We've just read a beautiful uh, verse that says, we are indeed a peculiar people. We are royal priesthood. And Lord, we are not ashamed to say we are in the name of Jesus Christ. We just want everything to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Just give us a song. If they can just. me, Almighty God, remember me, Almighty remember, remember me.
can take your seats. Man. Just for a couple of minutes, we'll be speaking on a call to holiness. Amen. A call to holiness. We are aware that we'll be continuing some aspects where we left off on Wednesday. And then we are happy to see all this. Amen. Uh, I don't know whether there's just an interruption. I don't know what's happening. And it's just psychologically disturbing here in the front. Maybe just this. Amen. While they are singing that one, you'll just bear with us. Amen. Now, I said we will be continuing where we left off on Wednesday. Some aspects will be continued, uh, but we just want to go further on a call for holiness. Amen. How many believe that uh, we message believers are the odd people? How many believe that we are different people? Amen. I like what uh, uh, Paul says here when he says, be not conformed to, the, to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove that what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of the Lord. Hallelujah. When he speaks about conformity, uh, and I think that is the trend in the end time where Everybody would want to be, uh, to conform. Hallelujah. But as believers, we have not been called to conform. But uh, we'll get into some quotations this morning. Uh, Brother Brenham says something very critical about, if I can read this quotation here. Hallelujah. Amen. Just giving the brother a bit of chance to do something here. It's here, my brother. Here we go. Amen. He'll bear with us. We are experiencing sound shading. There's load shading now. I think it's sound shading. Is it fine? Can I go live on this one? Amen. I think we are fine. Apologies about. I think. Yeah. Amen. Just a second, but Amen. Uh, we're gonna give this one a chance. If it fails, we fire it. And then this one. Hallelujah. Amen. Just bear with us. Those are technicalities. Amen. 
Now, I, I said we are going to continue where we left off on, 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 on Wednesday. Maybe as a background, the message of the hour is not a culture. Hallelujah. The message of the hour is not a culture. The message of the hour is not a lifestyle. The message of the hour is the revealed word to the believer in the end time. Are you here, church? Now, what, what makes the word often to be of none effect is that a lot of times traditions make the weight to be of none effect. Hallelujah. There is a way, there is a, a term in English, those that are English speakers, they call it ethnocentrism. When we say you are ethnocentric, is when you somewhat think that your culture is better than a, a next person's culture, and therefore your culture is superior. Are we together? Now, we've got to understand that when God called us, he called us from different backgrounds. Hallelujah. Uh, some are Zimbabweans, some are Congolese, some are South Africans. We come from different cultures. But uh, Paul says, is not, or Peter says, you were not redeemed by the traditions of your fathers. Hallelujah, church. There is absolutely nothing in your culture that could have helped you. Uh, Are we together? So that means uh, all cultures are evil. Expected much better amen than that. All cultures, including your culture, are evil. That's why you had to come and be redeemed from your own cultures. Are we together? Now, if we say all cultures are evil, I don't know how many have picked up a lot of times when people enter into the message, a lot of times some of them they would want to bring a certain element of their culture into the message and make that culture to be the Hallelujah. Uh, And then I'd much better say that that is not going to work at all. Hallelujah. We thank God that God sent Brother Brenham in the end time because this God sent prophet has managed to put a lot of things in its place. Hallelujah. This church is based exclusively and exclusively upon the teachings of William Brenham. Hallelujah. I thought you would say amen here. Not upon the teachings of Madiba, upon the teachings of William Brenham. Hallelujah. Uh, To the visitors, William Brenham is not a bishop from America. He is a prophet of God that fulfilled Malachi 4. When he said, behold, I'll send Elijah the prophet. Hallelujah. He is the fulfillment of Revelation 10 verse 7. Where it says, in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, all the mystery, the mystery of God shall be revealed. Hallelujah. This prophet is a special prophet. He, he, he is not around. He is late. But his message is relevant until the rapture. Hallelujah. He remains the messenger for the age until we experience a body change. 
Are we together? From his ministry, he has left the bright ministry. And we are the bright. Not this church, but individuals scattered around the world that are genuine believers are part of that bride. Hallelujah. Maybe while we are at it, sometimes if you are a visitor, we may be saying, we may preach such good things. And until you say, goodness, this is beautiful, this is awesome. Those people are an awesome group of people. And later, you meet one of us somewhere living contrary from what we are preaching. Hallelujah. You've got to understand, uh, not all Israel is Israel. Hallelujah. Uh, As we are sitting here, uh, the prophet says, in every church there are three kinds of believers. There is a genuine believer, there is a make-believer, and there is an unbeliever. Hallelujah. So never judge us upon, never judge us based on an unbeliever. And an unbeliever has joined us on the way and will leave us on the way. Hallelujah. A make-believer has joined us on the way, will leave us along the way. But a believer has not joined us. He was born into this church. And when I say the church, I'm not referring to these four walls. I'm speaking about the church of the firstborn. The church that was there before there was anything else, before there was creation, that church was there. And it's called the church of the firstborn. Are we together? Now, the reason, just to give a background for those that may not know, because we've got some visitors here. Throughout the seven church ages, people have left, or throughout church history, people have left, left certain fundamentals of faith. And they, they, they took an offering. The reason God sent the prophet in the end time is to bring us back into the main line. Hallelujah. Because, see, when the prophet is not around, the fivefold ministry, Brother Brenham says, they are just as helpless as the, as the laity. So that means if the prophet is not around, a pastor can mislead you. Hallelujah. I need a pastor that has a prophet. Because a prophet is a mouthpiece of God. Hallelujah. I'm quite very jittery to have a pastor does not have a prophet. Hallelujah. Because the Bible, the, the Bible says God will always bring his weight to the prophets. And the prophets will bring his weight to the church. Are we together? So it is very critical to have a prophet. And in the end time, God sent a prophet, vindicated him with a pillar of fire to bring us back to the main line. Hallelujah. To bring us back to the faith of our fathers. Are we together? Because as, as time progresses, uh, civilization is good, but uh, civilization a lot of times is driven by an evil spirit to take the children of God from the main cause. Hallelujah. But every time God sent the prophet to bring them back to the main cause, and in the end time, William Brenham was here to restore us back to the weight. Uh, are we together? And then his message, uh, William Brenham might have looked like a, a Kentuckian man, but his message is not from Kentucky. His message is from heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. What he spoke, it was God's weight revealed in our time. Are we together? Now, when we say the, the teachings of, of, of this church 
are based upon William Brenham is because in the absentia of the prophet, everybody has got their ideas. Uh, if, we, if we are like this and a group of people and we've got nothing that we regard as absolute, we are going to have a problem. Because everyone will have their own idea, bright idea. But in this church, we absolutely don't care who thinks what. We only care about what God thinks. And how did we know what he thinks? Through the revealed word of the hour. Are we together? So it is based upon the teachings of William Brenham, and we are not ashamed to say we follow a prophet in the end time. There are many prophets prophets that are around, but there has been a genuine one. You can never have a, a, a genuine, a fake dollar unless there is a genuine dollar somewhere. And the less, all the prophets that we see that are littered around the world, they are impersonating one man that came in this generation, and his name was William Brenham. Are you here, church? If there was ever any time where a man came before the people and began to do discernment, it was William Brenham. And let me put it this way. They reject him, but yet they secretly, like Nicodemus, steal his books and read from his books to speak into their churches. Are we together? A brother, there is a brother that left the message and said a lot of things about the message. And I was discussing with my wife about something that he had written. This brother says, you see, He's now a pastor somewhere. He's not longer in the message. He says to his people, he says, you see, if I go somewhere, I don't have to tell my wife to pull him aside and say, my wife, if I'm gone and you can do one, two, three, when I come back, I'm going to divorce you. Hallelujah. And he says, my wife doesn't have to pull me by the tie and say, William, you because it was that man camouflage, and say, you, if I go away, or if you are there, and you meet some girl, and you fall with that girl, you must never come back here. He said, I will not do that, because that will be legalism. That is this man talking. You that are readers of the message, you know where he took it from. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, they can leave, but the message it will always hit their subconscious mind that it was the only truth in the end time. That's why I asked a a good friend of mine, I think a lot of you would know uh, him, he's in Cape Town, James Manuel. I said, James Manuel, you, uh, I've got just a few questions for you. Just Tell me which is the right baptism because the Bible says there is one God, one faith. Hallelujah. So tell me what is the right baptism because the Bible says there is only one baptism. And he looked at me. He couldn't tell me. You know why? He can never tell me without taking me to the scriptures. And if he takes me to the scriptures, the next thing that I'm going to ask is, who taught you that those verses are in the Bible? Are you not amazed that those that live normally don't last in their churches? They stay at home. Amen. But we'll get into that. 
Now, I said, there's no room for ethnocentrism, which is a superior, one, a culture becoming superior to other cultures. Amen. Maybe I can just give you examples you would know. Some of us, in our own cultures, if you come to us and you speak to us and you maintain eye contact, it shows that it may signify that you are arrogant. Are you here? And some, if you come and speak to them and you keep on looking down, they say, uh, D.N. is a skeleton. Why is he avoiding eye contact? They would even say the eyes are the windows to the soul. Are we together? But, but that is how one has been cultured in their own culture. But you cannot take those examples from your own culture and bring them into the message and say, if somebody does this, then it means one, two, three. You need not to assume. Are we together? And I can go on and on with different things. And while I did, I must, I must say it for what it is. Some men, especially in my culture, when they heard the message being preached that a man is the head of the house, they really jumped out of their seats and said, finally, there is something that confirms who we are. But let me tell you something. Even if it has been, because you don't need a revelation to know that you are ahead of a house. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, it's something that even in the message or outside the message, some men know that I'm the head of the house. But if, if a man comes into the message and says, at least I found a tool that can control my family, and he stays here on the basis of that aspect, that man is not yet a message believer. Because knowing that you are the head of the house doesn't show you that Christ is revealed to you. The most critical thing whenever we speak about a believer is that Jesus Christ must become real in your life. Are we together? Not a certain aspect of... Some can be here and say, look, we like it at that church because women are not preaching. So what? The CC women are not preaching. Hallelujah. So I'm simply saying you cannot grab certain aspects and based on those aspects, you think you have arrived. The most fundamental thing that this message came here for is to make Jesus Christ real, personally, in your life. And unless Jesus Christ has been personally revealed in your life, I can lately say to you, you are not born again. Hallelujah. Brother Brenham says in the new is when Jesus Christ is personally revealed to you by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Are we together? Sisters, are you here? Long dress does not mean you are a believer. It's an expectation, natural expectation. A woman must cover her flesh. Whether she's a believer or not believer, 
that must be done. And once you have ticked that box, it does not mean that you are a believer. I've seen sisters with long dresses, but they've got short temper. That is as a razor blade, like a razor, sharp as a razor blade. Are you here, church? So, so, so don't ever think that by wearing a long dress, I'm going to heaven. No, 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 no. Even in your long dress, you still need Jesus Christ to be personally revealed to you. Until you come to a point where you as an individual say, I know him. And I've met him. Are we together? And I can go on even on the brother's side. It doesn't mean if you keep, you don't keep your hair long, it means you're going to heaven. That is a conduct. A conduct is something, it's a minimum requirement for association with fellow believers. But that does not qualify you for the entrance into heaven. Are you here, church? If you don't cut your hair and it's long, it doesn't mean that automatically because you don't cut your hair, you're going to heaven. But to show that something has taken place in you, those things must be expressed outside. Are we together? Although we say it's a requirement or it's a minimum requirement, but we acknowledge that once something has taken place inside, it will reflect outside. Are we together, church? Amen. Now, I just want to take a few things here that I touched on on Wednesday so that I think the, the, the most responsibility of a pastor is to give you a knowledge and understanding. So that based on that, you can live informed lives. Are we together? And then, so that people should not... I preached a while back here about marriage, how a young man must approach a marriage. And there is a young man that approached me in the office and said... Hey, Pastor, how, how do I approach a sister in this church? I said, you will never approach any sister in this church. <laughs> yes, Brad, but remember the, you remember the young man. Yeah, he's not here. You know why I said that? He's not a believer. Hallelujah. He's not being baptized. He doesn't have... Spiritually, he is not filled with the Holy Ghost. So, he he's handling a conversation that is way above him. And I said, not with you. And actually I said, is there any sister that you have seen? Because you know, I, I wanted to check because it's, it's, I could be in the office hammering a poor brother only to find that already he's got a girlfriend in church. So I wanted to make sure that if the girlfriend is already in church, I will check out him and the girlfriend. Are you with me, church? We, we are not just looking for members. We are looking for quality people that can be God's representative. Are you with me? Amen. And well, Edith, if you have not been...
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot marry in this church. Amen. You are welcome to come to the service, to hear the word, and make a decision based on what you hear. But as long as you have not gone that route, certain conversations allowed to have those conversations. Are we together? And if Hallelujah. In this church, we still excommunicate. Not that we don't love you. I don't know how many know how excommunication works. It's where you do something, you are being corrected, and you keep on doing it, you are being corrected. At some point in time, we normally come to you and say, we cannot go further with you. You need to stay at home. Are we together? It's not that we don't love you, but we want you to reconsider your ways and repent upon your ways. Are you here, church? And sometimes, I'd much better say it, so certain things you know them. We once had a sister here that kept on coming as a visitor that dressed very provocatively and we thought initially we would say we this thing I'm not feeling comfortable with this other one amen I don't know whether it's the real issue amen let me put it here amen so she kept on coming and we were advising we're preaching preaching and there was no change for for quite some time and later I said to Brampanyan hey, call her into the office and she was called and then I explained I said sister uh, we've got to be very honest about one two three one two three I as a pastor I'm not happy about it and either you change that or you stop coming to our church Hallelujah. Uh, because we've got young men that we are, we are, we are raising. Uh, if a young man is sitting next to a, a woman that is pro, dressed in a very provocative manner, it doesn't, it's not right. But if she's a visitor and she doesn't know, it's fine. But later, that's why I said to you, sisters, it's your responsibility to correct that. And later I said, ah, sister, we cannot go further than this. And she said, ah, it's fine. Then I will no longer. And she never came. But my question was, what was Tiff? Are we together? I'm saying as a pastor, when we lead, we, there's got to be discernment. And as a church, we are a church that believes in discernment. Hallelujah. We check why is it being done? What is the motive? Because things are being judged on a motive. Are we together? I hope you are with me and you understand what I mean. It doesn't mean that if we stopped her, we did not love her. 
Actually, love is corrective. For the mere fact that we engage her, it means we loved her and say, Sister, how you, how you come across, it compromises your dignity. Are we together? Because modesty does something to a woman. It preserves her dignity. Are you still with me? Now, when it comes to, and, and, and as, a, as a leader or as a pastor, my responsibility is to protect the sheep, is to protect the flock. That's what I'm responsible for. Are we together? And we realized, I had a young boy who looked like he had been spending his time in a tavern most of his days. And he was asked, I overheard him being asked and say, where do you think is the best location to find a wife? This young boy, drunk seemingly as he looked drunk, he said, a church. Then I said, okay, so these boys, they can run around, and when they are tired, they say, it's now time to go to church to find a wife. That's why, parents, don't just be excited about marriage. Young girls, I've seen young girls that fell in love with the wedding day rather than the person that they are going to get married to. Are you here, church? They, they love the planning of lily lilies. Hallelujah. But let me tell you, lily lilies only for six, four hours. Once we have done lily lily, we take our bags, we go. You remain with him. And if I was you, I would, rather, I would rather take my time and more discerning so that the entire life of mine in marriage can be lily lily rather than only lily lily for four hours. When you got married to a wrong partner, it's like an itching bone. You can never scratch it. Are we together? Now, young people normally ask me, Pastor Courtship, what's your take on it and what's your stand on it? Hallelujah. And I said on Wednesday, courtship has been misused in certain cycles. And I'll give an example of what I mean by that. If we, if we come... I've seen a lot of in other places, they would have it on a projector and Brother Madiba is in courtship with Sister Madiba. Hallelujah. I'm giving myself as an example so that I must not get into trouble. And after a month or two, there is a message flashed. The courtship of Brother Madiba is cancelled. We, brothers that are unmarried, if we see such a message, we would want to know what did Brother Madiba find around Sister Madiba? That is a problem. Isn't it naturally how it would be? I, I, I'm saying when we do th certain things, we must not do them casually. Courtship is meant to lead to marriage. But a lot of times, certain courtship, it was just boys dating girls. 
And as a result, the church gets defiled. And I will tell you why. Why is critical that before a young man marries a sister in this church, he must come to the pastor? Yes, some of you, I know you hate it. You say, ah, are they going to dictate my life? I, pastor, no one can mislead me because I lead the church. No one. I know, I know the stage of maturity for every individual in the church. If you try to surprise me by going behind my back to a sister, you may end up approaching a sister that I'm about to excommunicate. Okay. God bless you, brothers. Are we together? So, if you take the, bra- the pastor by surprise, you can end up marrying a spiritual fugitive. Deacons are looking for him. You call him Prince Charming. When you stay under a pastor, you must trust the pastor's discernment. You, you must ask him. I, I don't think any sane pastor will ever be jealous of you. Not at all. Every pastor would want, and, and goodness, my child is still very small. I would never want you direct you to my child. No, 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 no. Are we together? But, but yes, in some cases, I had much better say it. As much as say, approach the deacons, approach the pastor. There's times in certain cycles where a deacon will just block a, a brother because he wants the brother to marry his own daughter. Yes, any process is subject to abuse. Hallelujah. But, 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 but that's why you've got to find the right, the right pastor. You've got to find the right church so that things in your environment can be done in a right way. Are we together? If he approaches you, as I indicated, and you think you're going to take parents and the pastor by surprise, he later discover things that will shock you. A young girl was approached by a young brother. I think brothers are disqualified this one. Does it cause the same distortion on the speakers? Okay, then this is fired. I'll use the handheld. Just get me onto this one. Amen. So this young girl was approached, and the reason I'm sharing these things with you, I hope you learn something, because this is based on experiences. Is approached by a young boy. A young boy insulated himself in the family, loved by the mother. Mother's goodness. Some mothers can really hide very ugly things, especially around their girl daughters. The poor father, all he knows is that this young man loves God and loves to go to the service. But the mother knows what is the plan. And later, Mia get called by this young boy. He says, Pastor, you don't know me. You have never met me. 
but there is an issue. I know this family and I'm about to marry in this family, but they don't know me where I come from. All they know is that I love church. But as it is now, I'm positive. I've been running around with girls and I'm still doing that. I know, Brahmatabi, in medical cycle, immediately, you are bound by confidentiality. But we as pastors sometimes, I would rather be arrested in protecting a sheep than to protect a criminal. Immediately, I phone the parents and say, that boy must never ever get anywhere close to your daughter. Hallelujah. And I told him, I said, you must never ever get anywhere close to the, the, the church or the family. Why are we doing that? Raising your child, a girl child, is challenging. You want to groom them in a certain way. You spend 18 years of your life trying to make sure they make right decisions. And at the last minute, they get taken by goodness. Some men that you, even, you can't even describe as a man to go and ruin your daughter's life. That's why, as a church, we cannot, be keep, we cannot keep quiet. Are we together? Today you look surprised. I don't know why. But I'll carry on. A young girl asked Brother Brenham this question in question and answers on Genesis. He says, I asked her, I said, have you received, they were talking about marriage, and Brother Brenham asked the young girl, have you received the Holy Ghost? She said, not yet, but I'm seeking, I'm seeking it. Brother Brenham says, you get the Holy Ghost first. He will tell you what husband to have. What does it mean? Without the Holy Ghost, you are scripturally disqualified from getting married. And if you marry without the Holy Ghost, the chances are that it's a matter of luck. You may get it wrong. And if you get it wrong, it will remain with you for the rest of your life. Are we here? A young sister must know you've got a scriptural authority that if a young boy approaches you, you've got the right to say no. And when you say no, it does not make you look less holy. No, it is your right. It is not mommy and daddy's right. It is not the pastor's right. I could love the boy. I could be traveling with the boy. And I could send him and say, he wants to marry you. You must never ever succumb to the pressure and say, because the pastor loves him. No. The pastor is not going to stay with him for the rest of his life. You are going to stay with him for the rest of your life. Are we together? Everyone must choose their own wives. Everyone must choose their own husbands. Because if it is your decision, you can bear with the consequences of the decision. But if it's a decision that is being made by someone, you will, t- you will take the rest of your life blaming that particular person. That is why I know some pastors, they love it when a brother wants to get married and they ask, who would you want to marry? And the pastor says, me, I don't see anything. You must go and find for me. That one, I consider it a risk. Because even Adam, when the problem came, he said to God, the woman that you gave me, 
Imagine if a man can blame God, how much more about a pastor? So such a person, I don't say uh, you are spiritual. I say go and pray so that it can be your own decision. Are you here, church? And it says, you've got, you go get the Holy Ghost first and he will tell you what husband to have. Not girlfriend, not boyfriend, husband. The moment you are a believer and you come to a stage where you think of a member of an opposite sex, if you're a man, you think of a woman, the intention from the beginning and the purpose must be to marry. Not to run around. Are we together? And I'll tell you why I'm saying that. In the early 80s, when Pentecostals were still having vavavum, and they had 10 meetings all over, unbelieving boys often would say, there is nothing to Bazalwan. And they knew what they were talking about because these girls, they sing in the worshipping team during Sunday. Throughout the week, they run with these boys until the boys realize there is nothing there. And I certainly am here to report to you that it's beginning to take place even in the message. Why? Because wealthiness has crept in. Why? Because the standards have been let low. And we wonder how the goals came in. Are you with me? Brother Brenham in the message, the token, paragraph 59, he says, love, love, love him. See what he did for you, it's by love. Love brings obedience. When you, when you love God, you become obedient to his weight. Love brings obedience. Love brings courtship. Love brings marriage. I hope you get something there, the sequence of events. That's where we are headed to, the marriage supper of the Lamb. He takes courtship, he slots it in, in the spiritual analogy between uh, showing that it, it times the bride and the groom, the lamb and his wife. And it says, you've got to love him. And even naturally, if you love her, that love will bring obedience to the word of God. And that love will bring courtship. Courtship is when you know her, you get introduced to her, you know where she comes from. You ask a question, she asks you questions. Hallelujah. That's why we can never allow any young man to marry somebody that they do not know. You've got to go and spend time with them and we'll arrange that. You spend time, ask questions. Where do you work, man? Will you be able to provide for us? Hallelujah. So, a young man, there are certain critical questions that she must an- he must answer before he gets into marriage. A young girl, there are certain critical questions that she must answer before she gets into marriage. And let me tell you something, young girls. If you run around with boys and a time comes for you to get married and a brother approaches you and you don't mention who you have been with and he discovers 10 years in marriage, Brother Brandon says he's free to put you away and marry somebody. 
because it's a case of fornication. I'm asking a question as a young girl. You can have friends where they say experiment, but do you have the courage down the line to sit next to somebody that you love and begin to narrate the events of your life? Are you here with me? Amen. Same thing with the brother. He must tell the sister where he had been to, who he had been with. Because full disclosure, even in insurance, if I buy an insurance, if you, you look for an insurance, maybe it's for a car, they will tell you, have you claimed before? If you say no, and yet you claimed before. Later they find out that you actually claimed before and you never told them they will dishonor your claim and say because there was no full disclosure. When it comes to marriage, there must be a full disclosure. Marriage people are not exempt from it. Brother Brenham says if you commit adultery, you are obligated to confess it to your wife because that's not your body. That's her body as well because the two shall be one. Do you see how serious it is to be a message believer? It's not just a matter of clipping hands on Sunday morning. It goes much deeper than that. Are you still with me? Brother Brenham says in this message, the statue of a perfect man, paragraph 41. He says, now someone got me all wrong here not long ago. I got a letter from the ministerial association and said that, uh, they said, I said, we were soul mated and we must leave our companions if we are not soul mated to them to marry another one that we were soul mated to. Oh my. I'm not guilty of a heresy like that. Any gospel that can tell you to leave your wife and marry another one, that gospel is a heresy. Hallelujah. And sometimes, if you stay under a divorced pastor, you will at some point in time divorce because you will catch your pastor's spirit. Are you with me? He says, I'm not guilty of a heresy like that. I always have been against that. I don't believe in that. Certainly not. I believe that God gives us a mate. And then we become part of each other. And before a man gets married, he should think these things over and study it. A young man asked me the other day and said, You think I could or ought to get married, Brother Brenham, to such and such girl? This is a question to the prophet. Do you think I should be married to such and such sister? Let's see what the prophet of God said. I think if you were to ask some other people, they will say, yeah, you need to take her out and know her. Hallelujah. You need to date her. If it's worldly men, they will say, how sure are you that she's going to have children? 
you need to make sure that you have a first child. Those are heresies that are driven by cultures. And in a message, there's no culture, it's the word of God. But listen to what Brother Branham tells a young man. He said, a young man, he said, I said, how much do you think of her? He said, oh my, I just love her. I said, well, if you are not going to live without her, you better marry her. And if you can live without her, you better not. If it's going to kill you, you better go ahead and get married, I said. So, and the danger part today in marriages is that some people got married to people that can live without them. That is the problem. So in conclusion of this aspect, make sure you check with the pastor. The pastor will guide you what you need to do, either as a brother or as a sister. The pastor is not going to be jealous of you. He's there to take care of your well-being. And if the pastor says, there is a, sir, there is a problem, you must, you had much better listen to him. Don't say, no, pastor, I don't think it's an issue. And after five years, you turn around and say, it's an issue. No, sir. Are you still with me? Amen. Let me move on to something here if I could have my presentation, my brothers. Amen. Okay. I saw this was at a at a Jewish shop that they had put this notice. And this Jewish owner, or maybe if I get here, last week, was it? Because here in South Africa, pastors are trending for wrong reasons. Either they made somebody drink an engine oil or eat grass or was doomed. But in the last two weeks, a pastor was training for the right reasons in this country. He was a pastor that came from uh, Ghana. He went to Soweto at Bible Tabernacle, at Grace Tabernacle, and he preached against homosexuality. And uh, a celebrity that was there, Somizo, stormed out of church. And, and it was all over the media. Goodness, we have respect for that pastor. He's got, he may be a denominational pastor, but goodness, he's got some backbone. And if we get on the other side and I had to speak to Jesus about that man, I would say, Jesus, let this brother come in. Because why? He had a backbone. He knew that he was preaching in a church that was full of celebrities. He knew that the media was there. But goodness, he was not afraid. He said homosexuality is unnatural. And I saw the church was struggling throughout the week and say, yeah, we never told him to say that because South Africans, particularly South African pastors, are jellyfishes. 
They absolutely have got no backbone. Are we together? And maybe while well, it, I'm not, I'm not saying this to intend to trend. A homosexual is welcome in the church of God as long as he's yearning for God's redemptive power. But if he wants to change this to suit his lifestyle, you had much better storm out. Are we together? Amen. This guy says to a lady customer, we beg you with all our hearts, please enter my store in modest clothes. He says modest clothes include closed blouse, long sleeves, long skirt, no tight-fitting clothes. I looked at this, I say, goodness, there's, too, there's so much order in this shop than in most churches. We are afraid to mention this. And I'll get to, it's good for sisters to look presentable and to look pretty, but don't look wealthy. Be different. It doesn't mean that if, if a certain item of clothing is in fashion, you as a sister, you need to jump on the bandwagon. It does not work like that. Have discernment. Are we together? This is just a statement that we put. Modesty is an attitude of propriety and decency in dress, grooming, language, behavior. If we are modest, we do not draw undue attention to ourselves. Modesty is about not attracting unnecessary attention to yourself. If anything you do, it attracts unnecessary attention to you, it is immodest. There's no amen for sisters. Are there sisters in the church? Okay. I, I know some normally when we preach like this, they say, when are you getting to the brothers? We'll get to the brothers. Amen. I don't know whether I can control my brother. Somewhere where I'm going. I can't navigate. It says, our clothing, this is just my thoughts, I'll get to Brother Branham's thoughts. Our clothing expresses who we are. A policeman dresses in a certain way so that he can be identified as a policeman. A nun dresses in a certain way so that you should know she's a nun. You can say a lot about one's dressing. It sends messages about us. How you are dressed, you are saying a lot about who you are. It influences the way, the way we and others act. I was at O.R. Tambo. And I was with my wife and another sister from Cape Town. And we were walking in the airport. Another brother, he looked more Asian. He stopped and said, how are you? And then we say, we are fine. He says, 
you are message believers. At OR Tambo, where there is thousands and thousands of people arriving and people departing, that Asian man say, you are the message believers. Do you follow the message of William Brenham? Oh goodness, we were having a good time and say, goodness, our branding is visible in this airport. The clothes that our sisters are dressing say a lot about them. Are we together? When we are all well groomed and modestly dressed, we can invite companionship of the Holy Spirit and exercise a good influence on those around us. Hallelujah. And these things we've got to teach them to our young people. Our young people must take pride in how their mothers dressed. I don't say it must be the same cotton. Maybe your mother wore grembeline. Maybe you are not looking for grembeline. Yes, you can wear a macrofiber, but make sure it is modest. I was talking to my younger sister the other time. We always fight. I say, why do I think that the dress is getting more and more shorter? Are we running out of cloth to make them longer anymore? In those days, people used to give us, sisters say, I can't wear long dress. What if I'm on the escalator? I can't find, you know, I can't find long dresses at these shops. But sisters are now beginning to sue. Hallelujah. This morning, if I preach and I come closer to your area, don't say the pastor is hating, is attacking me. Just say the pastor loves me. Maybe tell your pastor, the pastor says this because he loves us. You tell your neighbor. Yeah. I'm just being cautious that if I, if I visit your area, you must not say, ah, I didn't even know how you are dressed. I didn't phone any of you. And if, if something can be shown and you find that you have it or you are wearing it, don't be, don't be displeased. Just say, I went to the house of the Lord so that I can be corrected. Amen. Judgment begins at the house of the Lord. God spoke to me. Are we together? Isaiah in chapter 3 verse 16, it says, Moreover, the Lord saith, because the daughters of Zion are haughty, arrogant, not the daughters of Moab, folks. The daughters of Zion. Zion wasn't it in the most holy place. The daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with stretched forth necks and weight on eyes. Weight on it means seductive eyes. No sobriety at all. Walking and mincing as they go. Make, making a tingling with their feet. 
What is it that can make a tingling with its feet? High heels. They are now coming back in the message. We call them what? Gumkwetlet. They are coming. You can call them with better names now. Is this territorial or what? I don't know these things. What else? Yeah? A high heel is meant to change your movement when you walk. That's why I say the daughters of Zion are haughty, walking with stretched forth necks and weight on eyes, walking and mincing as they go making a tingling with their feet. Somebody often says, how high is high hill? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, how high is high hill? Brother Brandon says, in COD, a pastor can decide what is good for his church. And let me say this, sisters or brothers. If you choose a pastor, a pastor is not somebody that just comes, presents the weight and goes, off he goes. It's somebody that you trust his judgment. Because why? He's going to be responsible for you at the day of judgment. Whatever he preaches is going to be accountable for. Are we together? And, and certain things, they may not be wrong. I, I think I spoke to the, at the birthday of Sister Bianca about a young girl whose father is a pastor. And he want, she wanted to go somewhere on a school trip. And then he, he, she came to the father and said, Father, I need to go at such and such place. And the father said... My daughter, it says there was nothing wrong with it. And the father knew that there was nothing wrong. The father trusted the daughter. And the father said to the daughter, said, look, my daughter, I don't think you need to go. I know that you won't do anything wrong, but I don't think you need to go. And the, the daughter was, you know how they are, she was much displeased and ran into her room, locked herself in the room for three hours. After three hours, she came back into the father's study and said to the father, Dad, I know I can force my way to go on this trip. I know there is nothing wrong with this trip, but I've realized that you are a man of God. Even though it's not wrong, but if you say I must not do it, I will not do it. Guess what? They went on a school trip and there was an accident. All kids died. This young girl had to respect the father's office and knew that God must have spoken to my father. And, and I know we are, beginning, we are getting into a stage where there is a level of mistrust for pastors because an office has been misused. But I think every pastor would want to see his church making it to heaven. And that is why sometimes we would preach things that are unpopular to you. The intention is that you make it today. Are we together? Now, how high is high heel? I have not forgotten. 
Amen. Are there sisters in the church? Can they just show this finger? If the shoe that you are wearing, the heel is higher than, is longer than your finger. It's a high heel. Are we together? And when I have preached, you can go and make an audit in your, in your, in your wardrobe and check. This one is going to fit. Let it put aside. This one must come this side. This one must come this side. That, that is a sister that means something about God. And don't use your husband's finger because it might be longer. Your finger. Are you still with me? Then this scripture will not apply to you. Okay. Uh, And there was another question. What is our standpoint on on the hair issue. I have no intention to preach my ideas. I've got no aspiration for my weight to be established in the weights in the hearts of the people. I want God's weight to be established in the hearts of the people. I have learned to say what the prophet says. If he has not said anything, I cannot say anything. Are we together? I say the teachings of this church are exclusively based on the teachings of William Brenham. Are we together? There's this quote. It says, I think it's small letters, ne? You, you can't see. I'll read it for you. He said, if you, if you didn't, this is the message, why am I against organized religion? He says, if you didn't have any hair, and you wanted to wear some hair, it will be all right. But wear one that looked like human. If you didn't have any fingers, and you wanted to get some fingers, don't get them like hulls of navy of beans. Get real finger, fingernails. If you've even got any of these things, it's all right. If you've even got any teeth, get you some if they can make you some. Get them. But don't pull your God-given teeth out just because they are a little crooked and they are good teeth to get some. Don't dye your hair or something or look something like something that came out of some mire somewhere. Don't. If you are colorless and you want to make yourself look like you've got some color, it's all right. But don't make yourself look like Jezebel. He simply says in this statement, don't say he's contradicting himself when he says, if don't dye your hair, and here he says, if you are colorless, you want some hair. He simply says, if you've got a black hair, make sure that if you need to dye it, dye it with a black hair die. Are we together? That's what the prophet is saying. 
Did I just read what the prophet said? This is not Madiba speaking, is the what the prophet has said. And I'm I'm saying this, sisters. And I want to say this. It doesn't mean that if I have read this quotation and say, if you didn't have some hair and you wanted some hair, it will be all right. You, you still have a husband that you need to talk to. You don't just wake up and surprise your husband. Are we together? And in Madiba family, we've got preferences. And Madiba's family's preference can never be church doctrine. Hallelujah. There's, there's certain things and how we do certain things. It's exclusively to how we do them in the Madiba family. Are we together? Um, I'll give you an example. Personally, I don't like her extensions. My wife would never have them. And I don't say it's a doctrine is because I say they are wrong. No. It's just the preference that we have in the family. Are we together? And we cannot take Sister Madiba's taste and make them a church doctrine. Are we together? And I'm simply saying, if your husband, it depends you and your husband what you like. Don't go here and say, hey, the pastor said one, two, three, it must be done. Even when the husband said, no, I don't want you to do it like that. No, you still are a woman married to your husband. Hallelujah. He says in this message, the revelation of the seven seals. Well, I wouldn't think I wouldn't think it would be any more for a man if he wanted to to wear a hairpiece than it would for a woman to wear one of those mouses of red uh, or red. I don't know what it was during the time. Ever what they would put in their hair like that to make it up. Brother Brenham said what they had during that time, which was these mouses or red kind of thing that they wore on their head. He said there was no problem with that. I don't know what he was referring to. Does anybody know what they were referring to? Amen. He comes in question and answers, if a woman, her hair isn't long enough and she wants a switch of hair in it, I would say, put it on, sister. He comes in question and answers, he says, if a woman has got a real thin hair, and she wants to wear one of those reds or ever what you call it. My wife wears it. She says her hair is thin. She's got some kind of thing about that big around. Looks like a great big oversized biscuit. <laughs> and she wraps her hair around and pins the pins in it. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that don't bother anything as long as your hair is long. A minister said to me was condemned because she had a tint in her hair. I found out from a question that means a paint or a coloring in her hair. I can't say that is wrong. I have nothing about it. If she's got long hair, that's all I can say. That's what the prophet says. He says in question and answers, this person said this morning taking off their hair, putting it back. Now this, this kind of got here too about haircut. If a man doesn't have a hair, 
or his wife. I've heard women say, well, if I could get John, I think you'd look better if you wore a hairpiece. These brothers that have got bald head. So the wife looked at the bald head and said, hey, but we need to make a plan about this. Now they asked, brother, what do you think about it, brother Branham? Is it wrong for him to do it? No, sir. There's nothing wrong, not at all. If he wants to wear it, that's fine. No mother wear false teeth or whatever that came along. Amen. You remember the prophet had a hairpiece that he used to put on his head. And he said, if brothers have got bald head and they are a little bit jittery, you can put something there. Amen. Question and answers. But now, abiding a wearing wearing a, a, a hair piece or wearing a hair, what is one of those rats? Goodness, today it comes again. Did I make a mistake a while ago, or is that a mouse? Mouse. It's something that a woman puts in her hair to make it look more ever what it was. There is nothing wrong with that. Go ahead. It's all right. But make sure whatever you put on your head doesn't differ from your human hair. Amen. How hair, how long is a hair should be, it must remain uncut. If it goes to, to this level, so be it. Sisters, no trimming of the hair. What do they call it when they say, I wanted to? No. Don't ever cut your hair. If you cut your hair, your hair is a Nazarite vow. Hallelujah. And maybe you that are in the choir, keep each other honest. If somebody cuts their hair and they're in the choir, take them out. Even without asking for the pastor. You can say, sister, until we hear from the pastor, because we don't know, this we don't do. And I've repicked up. People are afraid to stand for the truth because they want to preserve feelings. In the olden time, I used to uh, uh, have issues. I remember there was a young man that we had here that we made him to take care of the choir. And then they used to rehearse. Was it Thursday? On Sunday, we come to church and we find the choir singing here. There is an unbeliever that came on Thursday and said, I loved singing. I want to sing with you. She sang with them. And I'm looking and say, how did you allow her to come into the choir? What conversation did you have? Are you waiting for the pastor to protect the image of your choir? If that is the case, then that means there is no responsibility. But we need people that can say, no, sister, you love how we sing. How we sing, and the reason we sing it this way is because of the message of the hour. Do we mind if we visit you and we tell you before you come into the choir what must happen? I've never. You can never. And that's why I said to a lot of time Christians have got a, have got a, a, a spaghetti backbone. Because that young boy, Somizo, can never go into a Muslim church 
and storm out and say, ah, they don't want homosexual. They will not even, they will not even negotiate. But with Christianity, people can play marbles with Christianity because we don't have the boldness to declare what we believe in. Are you here? And my question is that you, sister, if somebody comes, is not a believer, not baptized, doesn't know anything about the message and says, I want to sing with you. I don't care how melodious her voice can be. As long as the life is not right, she cannot sing for the believers. Can we get an amen on that one? And I think if such things were to happen, maybe the whole church must just do away with the choir. But I'm glad I've observed the dressing in the choir is good. I've been looking and we are watching. If one cuts their hair, we will know. We will know. And as a pastor, every time you come here, whether you like it or not, I check. If you see me standing there, I'm checking something. I'm a shepherd. I must check. Are there high hills? And I'll ask the deacon, and I'll say, hey, it looks like that hill was too long. And then we do something about it. Because why? We want to make sure the church is clean. Amen. And sisters, I'm not being funny. If you become very creative with the a hairstyle, and I look at it and I say, goodness, what an attraction. I'll phone your husband and say, hey, what is happening? It's not because I'm picking on you. If I didn't care, I would not even phone. But if I care about your soul, you must, you must remember, it's risky to pick up a phone and phone another man about his wife. He can tell you, oh, are you looking at my wife every time at church? It's risky. But because I care, I must act. Let it grow, sisters. No trimming. Let it grow. This is Jacqueline Kennedy. Brother Brandon couldn't stand this woman. This woman, she's regarded as an icon of style in the 20th century. Brother Brennan, when you go into the message, you'll find he speaks about Jacqueline Kennedy. He keeps on saying that water head haircut that she has, she, it's wrong on Mrs. Kennedy. I don't know whether you know, this is her, was her iconic hairstyle. But if you check, she used to trim her hair at the back. Do you see it? That's why the prophet could not stand it. And a lot of women during that time, because she was an icon of beauty and style, they conformed to her ways. Can you see how particular the prophet was? Okay. Let's read a controversial scripture. Don't remove it there. Leave that as it is. Second Peter, or as First Peter, First Timothy rather, chapter two. 
going to go into some stuff here. First Timothy 2. Verse 9. In like manner also, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. We said modest is what? Not drawing unnecessary attention to yourself. With shamefacedness and sobriety. Not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Let's pause there. When I came into the message, I think I was talking to Brother Mutlavi. Oh, we became somewhat victims of fanaticism. And I had much better say it so that people should understand certain things, especially around the costly array. I, I still have a photo of myself at one convention. And I look at myself, I say, what was going on in my head? <laughs> because we took this thing of costly array to mean... I remember we, we had a group that insisted that, you see, the only outlet that caters for us to fulfill this scripture, it was pep. Because nothing is costly there. You, you, you see, when you take one quotation and you run with it, you become fanatic. Because I, I, I was reading now, and I was showing the brothers, where Brother Brenham says, when you are a good preacher, you need good clothes to last you longer. And it says, this cheap cotton breaks too quickly. Now, here's costly array. Here's the prophet says, cheap cotton will wear off quickly. Where's the balance? And during that time, we had a Pharisee's attitude where, because if you wear, if you think you only wear from pep, that means any other person that wears from somewhere you look down on them and say, ah, these ones, they love expensive. What is expensive? That's subjective because what's expensive for Madiba cannot be expensive for Kune. Uh, are we together? So I'm saying certain things are subjective, but the subjectivity, it does not mean that certain people must come with their view and impose themselves on other people. Are we, are we together? Because, I mean, as you are here, you, you get paid different salaries, isn't so? And, and what is expensive to somebody is not expensive to the next person. But how will you know that something is expensive is when you have bought it and it becomes a financial burden. That means you have lived beyond your means then there is a problem. Are you with me? 
and I, I know, I mean, some of the old timers would know um, this, this was mainly abused in those days where, I mean, if, if, I, if I'm in Weed Bank and somebody is in Matlapang College, I would not expect the one in Matlapang College to look like the one in Weed Bank. Are we together? Because another one has got money. As long as she does not look wealthy. I hope we, I hope we are together. Amen. It speaks, here it says, not with gold. Every sister that is married in the building or at some point in time, they wore gold. Why are they wearing gold? It's because it's a wedding ring finger. But it doesn't mean that they break this scripture because it does not bring unnecessary attention to themselves. Yes, I'm coming to where you want it. I think you think it's a golden nugget. Braided hair. Paul, during Paul's time, women used to braid their hair in this manner. And after they had braided their hair, they would put pearls on their hair. Are we together? It was, it was, it was the extravaganza of the time when Paul was looking at that. And we want to balance because I'm going to come to the quotation where Brother Brenham says, it used to look like a sign of a street woman, but today is pretty. We've got to find a balance there. So this is how it used to look like during that time. And folks, and I know I'm working on a dangerous area here. Brother Brenham, when he spoke at Brenham Tabernacle, and we, we, we've got to admit a bulk of the audience that Brother Brenham interacted with and so, mainly it was white. Are we together? Amen. And, and we, we must not take certain quotations, misrepresent them and bring a different view that can compromise the image of the message. Amen. What is this? Yeah? I've looked at Rebecca. She actually had this, but on the sides. How many have seen that picture? This was a ponytail. Lepondo. Okay, this is just a messy hair. I don't know what's happening here. There's issues there. This and that, there's a huge difference. Are you with me, church? This, I've never seen anyone to all the people that Brother Brennan preached, where they had this. 
where you expose your scalp. But I've seen, even in his family, where it was a nice casual braid. If Brother Brenham says during that time, it was for a street woman, but today it is pretty. I hope you are getting it here. We'll get into the quotations, don't worry. This, I've never seen it. Okay. I don't know the lady. She doesn't know me. I've got no association with her. If this can be done in other churches, I've got no problem, and I'll not excommunicate them, but here I consider it worldly. Me as a pastor. Can I get an amen? amen. This is coming, it's becoming more rife in the message. And those that do not know, uh, in South Africa we never had this. It's just recently coming up. But we don't say, if that's how they see it, Brother Bram, we are not going to measure on minus here. If that's how they do it, I cannot excommunicate them. But here, as a pastor of Lighthouse Tabernacle, I consider this wealth. That's my prerogative as a pastor. You can bring quotations, but ultimately... The pastor is the highest authority in the local assembly. It's me saying that. If I need to appear before God for this, I will appear before God for this. I take full responsibility for that. I don't know her. She doesn't know me. No association. We don't allow it. This was the church of Brother Branham in the early stages and you can go throughout and get a picture from the brothers at the back. That is how the hairs were done. Modest. And I think if if somebody was to do something like this, this doesn't cause unnecessary attention. But oh yes, this does. Oh, yes, this does. Okay. Are we together, church? I think I'm almost on 12 o'clock. What I'm simply saying, if your hair, sister, is finished or thin, and you want to put some bit of hair, it's up to you. But his general knowledge, there are two types of hair. There is real human hair, where because of economic conditions in China and, and India, they sell them. But there is another hair that they call synthet- synthetic hair that is made of uh, acrylic material. How you do that is you. As long as what you have on your head resembles 
what you are naturally. That's up to you. Are we together? As far as his braiding, and you've got a huge hair, and you want to put two braids, that's fine. But to do it like the way I've shown with other ladies, no, 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 no. But ultimately, when all is said and done, if you are a sister of the message, we expect the meekness of the spirit. We expect modesty, not attracting unnecessary attention to yourself. How long is long hair? A long hair is uncut hair. You can have a hair the same as my leaven, as long as you have not cut it, it's long to you. If you want to amplify it, it's up to you. Every woman wants to look pretty and presentable. There is nothing wrong with that. But in how you look and how you are presented, make sure it's not worldly. God bless you, Rishi. As we stand to our feet. I think as we it's good keep those questions coming keep them coming because they allow me to be able to advise you and to lead you but here's one thing that I want you to have when somebody differs from you you still have love towards them hallelujah I, I don't say go around as communicating people based on the quotations that I've used, no, say. That's now how our prophet did things. When I go into certain areas, I find them doing things the way they see them fit. I only concentrate on where we agree fundamentally so that the brotherhood can continue. Are we together? God bless you. I'm only in this message by grace. It is only by grace that I'm in this place. I don't know how my Lord God. If I put it on, 
and thereafter my mouth changes into some color, then I should know that this is wrong. I must put it aside. Are we together? Remember, the devil that we are fighting against is more cunning. And we must be able to look him afar off, identify him, and expose him, and we are free from him. Are we together? Yes. I've got a lot of them bumps there at my house. If she puts it there and says, this one, let's put it aside. Because sometimes you buy it as it is, it looks innocent, but it's only when you apply it where it changes color. Amen. Be not conformed. Be not conformed to the world. Amen. Hope you still love me. I'm not as communicated here for preaching the truth. Amen. But let's shame the devil. Let's show them that we are a royal priesthood. We are different people. Hey, there's a song that we used to sing. Listen. Maybe let's sing that one. It's simply our dressing is not like their dressing. Our faith is not like their faith. Our, our, our rock is not their rock. We've got rock of ages. Hallelujah. Come with it. something sisters when a sister goes according to the principles of the message her dignity is unquestionable even a drunkard can whistle to other girls but when that sister walks past he knows that there is something more to the sister than just being a woman there is God in her flesh hallelujah and, 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 and let me say this to you. 
Muslims, if he works for a company, and the company decides that, ah, we're going to need, I was shocked because the first time I had a colleague that was a Muslim, it was at Coca-Cola. Her first day, she requested a meeting with her manager, and she came and had a one-on-one -on -one with the manager, and she explained that me, between 12 and 1, irrespective of where we are, I need to go and pray. Whether we had a conference, whether we had a meeting, at that time, she was an excuse to go and pray. I said, this woman's faith is being respected by this corporate organization. And I say, it's about time, as message believers, get respected for what we believe in. But you know why we're not respected? It's because Sister A works for this company. She believes the prophet. And they say, here we need to wear trousers as a P, P, PPE, personal protection equipment. Yeah, we need to wear trousers. And the sister says, okay, no problem, as long as I'm at work. Then Sister B comes, says to the manager, no, I can't. They say, what's the big deal? Because we had Sister A here. She never had a problem. Why are you having a problem? It's because we are not moving in sync as members of the body. But if they can know, if we go to this brother, is no. If we go to that brother, is no. I mean, here is a, a man who is playing for South African cricket. He's a Muslim. He refuses to wear a branded uh, shirt that has got cassette. He says, no ways. He's the only one that is in the soccer team, national soccer team, and say, I don't want South African brewery brand on me. But if it was a brother, he was going to find many ways to justify why I should have it. Let us have backbone deliverance. Young girl, if the principal says do something, tell him I'll call my pastor. Me, I'm available for such cases. I can write a, ten, a letter with ten letters to that manager. But a lot of times I don't see the resistance. And use me. Use me. If you've got a problem, they've got a problem how you dress, call me. Me, I'm a specialist, a specialist of such cases. I will take it even to the highest institution in the land so that you are respected. But it begins with you, yeah. where you say to your principal, no. Do you want me to call the pastor? And when I come there, I'm a very decent. I will not embarrass you. I will do it in a very tasteful manner until your principal says, yeah, ne? Amen. God bless you. But give a pushback. Give a pushback to the David. Give you a pushback. And if there are no, no shops that are not producing what you want, we've got sisters. They can design a nice attire for you. Without mentioning names, lest I be accused of advert. Come with it. <laughs> Oh,
Lord, if we can sit under this ministry, Lord. Lord, we say thank you. Lord, where else can we get a better father, Lord, that can get us into line, Lord? Be grateful, Lord. Lord, our destiny is heaven, our Lord Jesus. No, Lord, you won't let anything come inside your, your place, Lord. That's anything that's not we are not yours. We are grateful, Lord. Lord, to have such a pastor, Lord. Lord, they can stand for the truth. And our Lord, we know, Lord, where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in our midst, O Lord Jesus. And we're grateful, Lord, that you have spoken, O Lord Jesus. Lord, we know the time is now, Lord Jesus. We see the world around us. We see the news. Everything is turning against our Lord. Lord, your time peace is Israel, Lord Jesus. And we can see, O Lord, that time is finished, O Lord Jesus. Every nation has turned against Israel, Lord. And Lord, only not only Israel, but they're turning against this bride, O Lord God. And O Lord God, we just see that there's so many things that are against us, O Lord God. Our children, Lord, that are so in such a place, Lord. The school, O Lord, that they go to, Lord. There's just drugs and everything that's against them, O Lord God. But, oh, Lord God, we know, Lord, greater is he that's in us that than is in the world, oh, Lord God. And, oh, Lord, we want to be like that, that, that high, that high priest. Before he could enter into that holies of holies, he had to walk in a certain Hallelujah. way. Lord, he had to walk in such a way that it said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. And, oh, Lord God, that's our desire, Lord God. To be like you, Lord Jesus. Lord, you have truly spoken, our Lord God, and we say thankful, Lord. Lord, that we can stand ashamed of ourselves, our Lord, from the youngest to the oldest, our Lord, man and woman, and see our faults, our Lord God. And, our Lord, if we don't obey what you have spoken, our Lord, Lord, we know, Lord, that you, our Lord, there's chastisement waiting for us, our Lord God. We even see the prophet, our Lord, how he's he suffered terribly, Lord, with the loss of his child and his mm. wife, Lord God. Oh, Lord, let us walk perfectly before thee, our Lord. Let us just walk slowly before thee, watching how we walk, watching how we talk, our Lord. Our doings, our sayings, our Lord, may be prosperous, our Lord. Yes. That you may, that you may be about us, our Lord. Lord, we just pray for the Holy Spirit, our Lord. Lord, that just as even Brother Branham said to his son-in-law, have you got the Holy, Holy Spirit? Because he wouldn't allow his daughter to get married, our Lord. Help us, our Lord, as the, the bride entering into the, into the heaven, our Lord, one of these days, our Lord. Have we got the Holy Spirit, our Lord? Have we searched our lives? Have we walked properly before thee, our Lord? We thank you this morning, our Lord God. Lord, that when you died on the cross, our Lord, those attributes flowed forth, O Lord, that we heard the other Sunday, Lord. Help us, Lord, to take on take hold of those, of yes. those, those attributes, O Lord. Receiving you as our saviour, as our comforter, as our guide, as our shepherd. As, Lord, that we may just hold on to it, O Lord God. We thank you for this day, O Lord. We thank you so much, Lord, that you have done a mighty work in our lives, O Lord. We thank you, Lord, that before the foundation of the Lord of the world, you foreknew us, you foresaw us, O Lord. And, O Lord, we know that, Lord, that you are pushing us into line, our Lord. 
Lord, guiding us, Lord, because one thing we know, that time is at hand, oh Lord God. I pray you may go with us further, Lord. Be with us further, Lord, and be the after speaker, Lord, that each and every one of us, Lord, may take this seriously, oh Lord, that you have spoken, oh Lord, and help us to take heed, oh Lord. And Lord, being taken heed, oh Lord, there is, we will be granted, Lord, the great prize, oh Lord. We will receive that crown, oh Lord, at the end of the day, oh Lord. Go with us further now, Lord, and let thy will be done, Lord, and pray for our pastor, knowing our Lord, preaching this message wasn't hard, wasn't, wasn't easy, oh Lord. We hear of the prophet, Lord, how the Spirit used to come while he was preaching. The Spirit used to hit him, oh Lord, and he was suffered, oh Lord, beyond the pulpit, oh Lord. We say thank you, Lord, for giving our brother confidence and strength, oh Lord, to bring his sheep into line, oh Lord. Lord, we say thank you, Lord, once again. Go with us further, Lord, and let thy will be done further. We ask in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound Once was lost But now I'm found And hope is made And that is This is amazing grace
testimony and said, you know, before we knew about this church, my wife and I came in and we were on the verge of a divorce. But ever since we came, God stopped it. Amen. Hallelujah. So, this ministry is a divorce stopper. Hallelujah. It's a young person's preserver. He's everything to us. Amen. God richly bless you. You may give us a dismissal song till we see you on Wednesday. The sound system, it was not the brothers. The devil hated me coming with this message. But I defied him and still delivered the message. Amen. God bless you. Yeah.